1: Hello and thank you for joining us for another Housing Matters podcast. Your favorite data nerds are back with everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy. And this week we have a housing market update in terms of where we've been through the first three quarters of the year and and the news is overall still pretty, pretty positive. But then we also want to spend some time talking about our forecast. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I should introduce myself. My name is Jordan Levine. I'm the chief economist here at the California Association of Realtors. And I'm joined by the real brains of the operation, our deputy (laughs) chief economist,
0: Oscar Way. Hey, Oscar. Hey, Jordan, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And uh, it's great to be here. And we have a lot of things to cover. Um, Last week or two weeks ago, we had our reimagined, uh, hopefully many of you attended, and uh, we did cover some information about forecasts as well as we invited uh, some uh, econ panelists to come and join us and had a discussion of our podcast uh, of our housing market uh, latest update um, and you can find some of those forecast uh, videos, as well as those econ uh, panel videos on the CAR website. I don't have the exact link right now, but, uh, you know, uh, search for it and you'll find a lot of good information. But for this, you know, next 40 minute, 30, 40 minutes or so, we are going to talk about what happened in the last month or so and what we expect to happen in the upcoming year.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and I should shamelessly say that, that all of that stuff will continue to be available on demand for free uh, for our members, I think right up through the end of the year. So you can go get all of the gory detail on the stuff that we'll kind of summarize for you a little bit uh, here. But before we talk about next year, let's talk about this year, because we sure. just got a, a bit of a a bump in the market in September that really kind of reaffirms and, and, and gives me some confidence about our forecast because it looks like we're, we're pretty much right on track and sales actually went up last month.
0: Yes, it did. I mean, we had a little bit of a dip, you know, in August and we thought, okay, well, maybe we're really slowing down because of seasonality, because of COVID, you know, remember we had some, you know, COVID True. searches, you know, for uh, for a month, two months or so since what, July or late June. Um, yeah, So August kind of slowed down a little bit. September though, it kind of bumped up a little bit. You know, if you look at the, uh, the uh, sales of existing single family home, it went up. Uh, On a month to month basis, it went up for the first time in uh, five months. You know, it continued to drop for four consecutive months, but it bumped up a little bit in September. Um, It went to uh, 438 or 438,000 seasonally adjusted number. Uh, Of course, we're still experiencing a year over year decline. That's kind of expected. Because yep. last year, you know, during the uh, winter season, it was really, really strong. Forgot if you forget about seasonality last year, yeah. but this year we did have we we do have some seasonality. We have kids going back to school, you know. We have um, you know things are going back to a little bit more normal, um, but so we expected you know a little bit of a decline. But the decline, which is a ten percent, a little bit more over ten percent decline, is actually uh, one of the smallest and. Um, you know, in, 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 uh, quite some time. Yeah. And, um, part of it could be because of interest rates, um, interest rate in August dipped to the lowest in the last six months. When I say last six months, you know, between February and August, it was the lowest. So of course, a lot of people open escrow and that's why we have some sales close in September. That's right. Yeah. And
1: we're still at a fairly healthy level of sales. Look, the, the year to year declines, you know, and that's kind of a a head scratcher on the surface, right? Because we're talking about how sales went up in September compared to where they were in August, but they're still down compared to where they were at this time last year. That's just a function of us coming down from those kind of 15 year highs. And mm-hmm. September is really when that big ramp started. You know, last year we saw the effects of COVID really reinvigorate. The housing market, we actually ended the year, like you said, with with basically no seasonality to speak of. We were at a 15 year high for transactions of almost 510,000 units in the dead of winter. We actually also set, I think last year's peak price happened in December as, I know. as well, right? Which which doesn't typically happen. So these these year to year declines that we're reporting uh, still leave us at a fairly robust level of sales, like Oscar said, of almost 440,000, which is basically where our projection is that, that we're going to kind of wind up for the year as a whole. And I think, you know, part of it is those low rates. I also think that when those COVID numbers spiked and, you know, end of June, July, August, that, for the last two years has also tended to, to kind of boost housing demand again, right? As, mm-hmm. as soon as the public health side of things deteriorate, then you see people get excited uh, about housing again, and, and that tends to coincide with those low rates. And so even as we're, we're kind of slowing, if you look at the first nine months cumulatively, we're still up over 16 percent right from where we were through the first nine months of of 2020 so there's kind of a on the one hand on the other hand you know on the one hand sales are decelerating to be sure uh, but on the other hand they're they're kind of maintaining levels that are higher than the pre-crisis standard they're just a little bit lower than those 15 year highs that we had uh, six months ago and that's pretty broad based across the state
0: yeah we are looking at yes we're uh, in, in different regions yes we are seeing some depth here and there um, and and some of the decline that we're seeing in sales uh, are, were attributed to you know the fires you know some of the wildfires right. uh, in the far north regions yeah. especially um few counties uh, within that region uh, had been affected uh, things are actually getting a little bit better which is great um central coast also had been affected a little bit uh, in santa barbara for example but if you take a look at bay area and so, uh, southern california those regions dipped also but they're dipping uh, by a uh, more moderate you know single right. digit. Yeah. And actually, you know, the core in general
1: is is kind of outperforming some of the cheaper, uh, you know, outlying areas, the high quality of life markets that did really great uh, in, 20, in 2020. So in some senses, we're not going back to normal, but we are seeing the market kind of look a little bit more like it did before the crisis than it did during the crisis. And I think that that trend, you know, obviously, uh, you know, predicated on an economy that, that continues to get better um that's that trend will probably continue as well unfortunately a kind of normalized market means that we're we're not going to stay at 510,000 units and pending <laughs> sales seems to suggest that as well because those uh fell i think for the fourth time in a row in in september
0: it did it did and and it di- uh, dipped by about the same uh, percentage as what we saw in september september mm-hmm. we dropped maybe by about uh Fourteen percent, and it also dropped close to fourteen percent in, in September, which suggests that October is going to show a uh, slowdown as well. Yeah. But again, it's expected. We know that October, going to October, November, and December, things are going to be a little bit slower compared to uh, you know this month and compared to a year ago. So that's completely expected. But yeah. we still expect you know, and and Jordan will uh, tell us a little bit more later on. We still expect the year to finish with a pretty strong year-over-year growth rate.
1: Yeah, exactly. Keep in mind when you look at the percentage changes that, you know, percents aren't levels, right? And we were at 510,000 units to end the year. And so even if we decline by 10, 15%, you're still talking about a, a fairly healthy level of, of transactions right. in, in California. Yes. We'll see that in our projection. The other thing that that we see is that, you know, the the kind of light at the end of the tunnel maybe is the best way to call it in terms of supply right because we didn't have an improvement in our unsold inventory index but if you kind of scratch the hood of the the kind of broader supply question there are some glimmers of hope out there
0: yeah i mean it's still remaining tight don't you know don't yeah. take us wrong it's still very very tight we're still seeing you know, a very tight supply. But in terms of uh, active listings, even though they're a little uh, slowing down a little bit compared to last year, we are seeing actually an improvement uh, from last month, from August to uh, September. We actually saw a little bump of two, a little bit over two percent. Yeah. And the dip from last year was still ten uh, percent, but that ten percent is actually the smallest that we have seen for quite some time. Yeah. Um, so maybe and- that's that's why I called it a glimmer of hope, is that
1: I just you know so much scar tissue of being in the kind of supply constrained environment for so long that that, you know, and seeing inventory and active listings going down by 30, 40, 50 percent at one point there um, that that seeing a nine point seven percent reduction is is, you know, for me, signs that at least the the decline is is losing momentum.
0: And and, you know, we've talked about this before. uh, Sellers, uh, are seeing, they have, they are seeing some, you know, motivation of putting their house up in the market. Maybe yeah. they're not doing it right now, right now, uh, because of the seasonalities, you know, seasonal uh, factors. But, you know, I think, based on our uh, survey statistics that we collected from our housing market survey, we know that, you know, when sellers sell a property, uh, they are, you know, getting a net cash gain of you know, 300,000-ish or right. so. so. That's a huge amount compared to even last year
1: or years ago. Year, year, year.
0: Yeah. yeah a lot of price appreciation i think you know we will be seeing a bit more supply the question of course is whether that uh, increase in supply is going to uh, satisfy the demand that we yeah. have you know seen yeah exactly and 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 you know
1: i think the the that's the other kind of downside of a market that's kind of um you know not going back to normal but it's kind of normal er than it was <laughs> is that you know we do see that seasonality kind of You know reasserting itself and and you know kids are back in school uh you know and i i think that there's a potential that we won't see that kind of um final quarter of the year surge in in sales and listings that we got last year and so it could mean that you know the the overall inventory situation is still pretty tight and, and that's why we you know are still seeing a, a fairly healthy increase in prices kind of looking backward but also looking forward too is that you know um, a normalized market is one where there was still too much demand and not enough supply just not you know just not the gangbusters level that took us to five hundred and ten thousand units
0: yeah, we'll probably have to put a, you know, quote unquote healthy, when you say healthy, right. you know, growth rate, because I think healthy, uh, if we compare to a pre-pandemic, you know, the uh, year over year gain that we're seeing is considered very, very strong. Right. Uh, but of course, we're not seeing uh, two, three months ago, we saw what, 30, 40% increase in price gain, which was, yes. you know, of course, it has something to do with mix of sales too. But that actually has come down a little bit even just last month or last month meaning August, we saw uh, another record price being set. High, but yeah. we are normalizing a little bit as you mentioned because uh, we are going to the uh, the end of the year. Um, so in September, it actually did not set another record price, but it's still above 800,000.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like you said, it's up 13 and a half percent. There's still, you know, a lot of of demand for homes. There's just a little bit less than the (laughs) kind of white hot levels that we had during the summer. The decline in listings isn't as robust as we saw when we were, um, you know, putting up those really big numbers for for sales. And that's why, you know, again, it's it's not a cool market by any stretch. You know, you're talking about eight hundred (laughs) and ten thousand. roughly. I know. Uh, median home prices, right? That means that 50% of what closed in September closed higher than 808,000 or whatever it was, and and so again, there's still a a lot of of uh, you know kind of price growth. It's just not at the gangbusters level that that we saw, and that's again also true across the state right so these things aren't just kind of uh, isolated to the la's or the bay areas of the world or just to the central valleys i mean we're we're seeing that most counties are growing but also that most counties are growing at a slower rate than they were during the summer
0: Yes, that's true. You know, every county, of course, they have seasonality at slightly different time, but they're following, you know, everyone is celebrating, you know, at the end of the year for holiday season. So, of course, we are going to have some seasonality, you know, towards the end of the year. In fact, you know, I think in November and December, you probably will see, you know, sales dip, you know, quite a bit. um, And that's normal. But at the same time, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, it's pretty much across the state, but also across the nation as well. You know, uh, the NAR just released their numbers a couple of days ago or yesterday. Yep. I can't remember exactly when. Um, and they are also seeing, you know, surge in sales in September. Right. Um, that's why I said, you know, maybe it could be the rates, uh, low rates in August. Uh, but they also are seeing year over year decline. And they also have tight inventory. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it,
1: it, and it all kind of boils down to to ongoing upward pressure on prices. And you see that even in California's competitiveness stuff, right? You have the, the nation going up by about that same 13 and percent uh, that we did to, to, to a number of, of 350,000 and change, which is just, you know, we're still more than double, uh, the home price nation nationwide, but also, you know, we're just still incredibly competitive. Like during the summer, we had three out of four homes closing above sales or after price that numbers come down a bit over the last four or five months. Uh, but we're still at 62% of transactions selling above ask price. So it's, you know, that's why I say it's not a cool market by any stretch. We're at 810,000 prices are still going up 13%. You still have two out of three homes selling above above list. It's just not the kind of, uh, you know, white hot that we were at a few months ago
0: yeah still very competitive you know you mentioned about i'm glad that you mentioned about the 60 percent mm. a little bit more over 60 percent offer asking price yeah. you know when you compare it to the pre-pandemic level i think uh, the highest that we had before then was about 40 percent right. so you know we're way above you know what quote unquote the pre-pandemic norm and it doesn't look like we are going to get back to that level anytime soon, especially since you know we have very very tight inventory, and you know another indicator that we can take a look at is how many days you know properties are in the market. We're right. still looking at about ten days or so. Um, back in the pre-pandemic level or a couple years ago we were looking at 20 days so double what we are at you know right now so uh, the market is still very very competitive a lot of people are still offering you know price above asking you know we have um, despite the fact that we have low interest rates it is still pushing up home prices and still going to remain elevated i mean people may ask us and i'm sure you will talk about it in the forecast people ask about you know, whether home prices are going to decline because of seasonality or because yeah. of some other reason next year, you know, just uh, the competitive nest that we have right now and the tight supply, uh, it doesn't look like we are going to see some um, decline in price anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, again, as as long as that macroeconomic environment improves, and, and that's currently, you know, what the outlook is, if you if you kind of take a 30,000 foot view of what's going on just in the world, right, or in the United States, I mean, we're coming down in in terms of the public health crisis, right, especially in California, those numbers have been improving uh, pretty consistently since the end of um, you know august or or certainly through the mid part of of September to where we are now you know and and that has a strong correlation with things like um job growth right because that's what enables Mm -hmm. um those hotel jobs to come back the bar and restaurant jobs to come back the retail jobs to come back all of which are the ones that still are where the bulk of our kind of recovery needs to happen right the professional sectors the high wage sectors and information and financial activities and things like that are already at or above pre crisis levels um but but you know with with the covid numbers improving that is going to, uh, you know, hopefully lead to more robust economic growth next year, and 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 I think you know it's not kind of a, a cruise control. Type of environment, right? There's a lot of folks who, you know, the there's a lot of job openings and and not a lot of folks, you know, more job openings than we have folks looking to get back to work. Especially if you kind of drill down and look at it on a on a skills basis or you go industry by industry, there's you know probably a high likelihood that the Fed will start clamping down, right? Because even right. even though we're still, uh, oh, I don't want to speak for you, even though I'm still kind of team transitory. <laughs> On, on inflation, it is hanging around, uh, you know, at a, at a fairly robust clip, at least over the short run. I still think there's a lot of supply chain effects there. You know, the fact that it's easier for consumers to come back than it is for the supply chain to come back after a, after a crisis. But, you know, Regardless, I I do think that you're going to see the Fed start to taper. We haven't seen the crazy taper tantrum yet in the marketplace, but there has been, you know, a a kind of pass through on mortgage rates, which are now above 3% for the last a uh, couple couple times,
0: and and that will probably continue as well. What do you think about rates? Well, you're right. I think you know they have been the the Fed has been you know giving us messages like, hey, we are you know probably going to do a little bit of uh, you know tapering uh, at the end of the year. They've been kind of uh, uh, pushing out that message, and so the market kind of sensed that a little bit, especially since you know the the inflationary pressure right. can continue to stay at a high level and and i agree with you to a certain extent that i think we are seeing you know a lot of the pressure the inflationary pressure being transitory the question of course is how fast you know those yeah. uh, those, those pressure is going to come down and you know the, the fed is uh, paying attention obviously and yeah, you know, of course, the market is paying attention as well because of the labor, the tight labor supply situation. Sure. Um, we are. We saw that the um, unemployment rate came down. I think uh, last time in September, yeah, um, came down to something like four point eight percent, if I remember correctly, yeah, at the net- national yeah. level. Yeah, which was to me a little surprise. I thought it would actually stay at five percent, but it also has something to do with the labor participation. We seem to have a smaller. Um, labor force, um, in a pool right now. Um, maybe because of, you know, I've, I've heard, yeah, and then you have heard a lot of different uh, analysis as well, like, okay, well, the people are still going back uh, and maybe some people who have been, some people who are in the 50s or late late 60s or late, or late 50s, early 60s, they might be actually retiring because of concern about COVID. So we yeah. saw that a little bit of um, increase in retirement, which might be, you know, minimizing the pull a little bit that actually makes it a little hard for us to do you know economic projections because i know other economists sure. have changed their forecast in the second quarter from the from the second quarter to the third quarter but we still expect you know pretty decent uh, in, in increase in the gdp this year yeah. um a 6% and then following up with a 4.1%, right
1: yeah so the economic recovery will will continue even with those structural changes which i agree with you i think there's still a lot of those things playing themselves out. I think it's not just boomers and, and older workers that maybe decided to do early retirement as a result of COVID. I also think you just have, you know, folks who've reevaluated right. life plans and stuff, right? And there's going to be a structural change where like maybe folks decide to prioritize other stuff besides career uh, moving forward, right, and and mm-hmm. so I think that you're you're going to see all of that stuff. But I still think even with all of that happening, um, that we'll still, you know, like like you said, see folks' income start to go up. That we'll see folks start spending, and that will lead to GDP growth, and that will continue to fuel job growth. And so we have us adding back almost four percent of the the jobs, which is about you know right. two thirds or so of the jobs that we lost by the end of this year, and then continuing on. Uh, you know, to, to about another 3% increase next year. And that will bring unemployment down even further into the low single digit range. Um, You know, but, but I I do think that we'll see inflation stay elevated. And I think that we will ultimately see, um, you know, rates rise, although we're not as kind of pessimistic about how high they're going to go, how, how quickly, but, you know, it it will have a, an impact on the housing market. Right. And that's why even with, with the kind of broader economic outlook relatively optimistic. I still kind of warn our members away from over interpreting that when it comes to their own approach to their business because you know even as the kind of cyclical stuff goes away right and the, and the GDP right. is better the jobs come back, the income goes up, we are going to have higher rates and that really you know hurts consumers in their pocketbook even though rates are very low by historical standards, we're at such high prices now that even small changes in rates have a big effect on, on pocketbook, um, you know, on your monthly costs. And and that will ultimately uh, prevent us from staying at the kind of 510,000 unit pace that we started 2021 with. And, and we'll probably continue to slide even from like the 440,000 unit pace that we're going to set for the year as a whole. And so when you, when you look at it from the, the kind of, um, The zoomed out perspective of just, you know, what are those broad forces out there? We have, you know, the tailwinds of an improving economy, uh, seemingly insatiable appetite for housing demand as a result of this crisis that's made our homes more important to us than ever before, butting up against the headwinds of, you know, not enough supply higher rates impacts on housing affordability and and frankly a lot more flexibility of workers who mm-hmm. if they can't achieve home ownership here they're going to achieve it you know elsewhere they might move to outlying markets they might move out of state. And those are all things that we saw uh, accelerate in our 2021 annual housing market survey. And so, you know, if you look at our forecast, we have sales uh, coming down a little bit, prices will still go up, but just not at the 20% pace that we expect this year. And, and those are all, you know, signs of a of a market that's kind of normalizing from a cyclical standpoint, but one that's got a lot of underlying structural challenges left ahead of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I'm I agree with you on the normalization part of it. You know, of course, um, on the uh, sales side, we are, you know, we have been seeing a lot of um, high-end homes being right. sold in 2021 and, of course, in the second half of 2020, but we are slowly seeing, you know, a little bit of uh, those coming down, you know, whether you're looking at price growth, I mean, it looks like, you know, in our uh, September's number, Price growth in the high end is not as strong as the low end. Right. Um, and of course, the low end is tighter in terms of supply. So yeah. we are slowly seeing some normalization in that mix of sales. And that could have an effect on, on price. And that's why we may not expect, we cannot expect a, a 20% increase right. in price in 2022, but still a moderate, you know, 5 or 6% in 2022, because price is sticky. I mean, we have a lot of people... Who actually purchased homes at a high price in nineteen and twenty, and so if they were to sell the property, you know they're not going to sell it way below, obviously. Yeah. Plus, uh, you know there are still a lot of demand out there, as you mentioned. The economy is growing. Um, despite the fact that we do expect rates to actually slowly uh, move up a little bit., yep. and maybe maybe, just maybe, depending on the economy, maybe the Fed will raise rate maybe once towards the end of the year, um, depending on how fast we're growing, obviously. Right. Um, but even with you know, an increase, we're expecting somewhere around what 3.3, 3.4, an average of three point five for next year. Yeah, so you know for the most part of next year, Hey, look, you know, 3.345% compared to two years ago, it's still very, very low. Yeah, compared to
1: to any other time in history outside of what we saw for the last year, 3.5% 3.5% is a great rate. Of course, you know, we, that's Hundred and dollars median prices. And, and that's kind of, you know, we're going to end with an annual price this year of 800 and, and next year get up to another, you know, 835 or so. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's, you know, there's still going to be, uh, you know, challenges, challenges out there, but, you know, look, the, the, Rates, I think, are still going to ultimately be a tailwind for housing, but just from a historical standpoint, I think especially if you think rates are going to continue to go up, that creates a sense of urgency for buyers now.
0: True. Now, of course, you mentioned about challenges, and I think you know the um, affordability express is especially challenging for first-time buyers. Obviously, yeah. Um, for and- many, yeah, for many buyers, for many repeat buyers, you know, people who own home right now, obviously, they can sell their homes and cash out and use that equity and buying another home. But for first-time buyers, maybe they have a little bit more difficulty. Absolutely, and we saw that you know, even though the
1: the percentage of first-time buyers was the second highest it's been in a decade this year, according to our annual housing market survey. But, you know, it, it did come down from over 37% of the market last year. And I think that, you know, you you see a lot of that appetite, shall we say, for home ownership Mm -hmm. is stronger than ever, but we've kind of skimmed the cream off the top, if you will, with those very high income earners over the course of the last two years, those ones with the kind of, that have been relatively insulated from the crisis, who can work remotely, who maybe had more savings or parents with home equity to help them get in. That kind of, you know, those folks have gotten their foot on the property ladder now, and and mm-hmm. what you're left with is is those folks who have, um, you know, not as as kind of much in the department of financial wherewithal, and that's why the the share of first time buyers is declining. I think this is also just a function too of the fact that. Um, you know, we're we're kind of open back up a little bit for travel, so we're seeing more international buyers. We're still mm-hmm. seeing those, you know, affluent folks buying second homes and things like that too. Um, you know, but but I think that we've we've got to to start addressing it because we, um, you know, we have a home ownership problem. We got a lot of young folks aging into the prime home buying um, years of, of their life. And, and we know the American dream is still, you know, alive and well, and if they can't achieve it here, they're going to go somewhere else. What about investors though? Cause that's been on the one hand, you know, I, I, I've seen in the data that the investor numbers are, are pretty quiet and that kind of makes sense from a, a standpoint of just, you know, the the contextual piece of California's rental market environment with rent control and, you know, all kinds of different uh, policy stuff happening in that arena. And But then on the other hand, you know, I get calls often about uh, <laughs> institutional investors coming in and taking away all of, all of the inventory and I haven't seen that much this time in california primarily because california's i think at all time high prices and investors don't like coming in and paying huge premiums on for for rental properties they're kind of in the market for deals and bargains and distressed properties and things like that but what did the numbers say
0: right i mean i think you and I both hear the same thing about your know, institutional buyers coming in. People are still saying, "Hey, you know, maybe institutional buyers are actually the ones pushing up prices and all that." But in California, based on our survey, we know that at least you know in 2020, that number actually plunged in terms of the share of investors buyers to you know, all home sales. It actually dropped down to the lowest level that we have seen for quite some time. It actually dropped to, last year, dropped to about uh, six or 7% or so. That's the lowest since 2007. And yeah. it's absolutely right, you know, the investors, yes, they, well, the in, investors are two kinds of investors. One, you know, they come in and uh, buy a property and flip. Right. The other kind, they, they purchase it and use it as a rental property. So last year, and at least, you know, part of this year, the investors coming in to flip the property you know only if they see you know there is a chance to make a higher higher price but at the same time investors are they're not likely to you know buy a price a home at 800,000 ish or so so with prices so high in california compared to some of the states you know, I think, you know, when we hear from newspaper or other media saying that, okay, institutional buyers coming in to buy investors properly, that's more like in other states, maybe Arizona, or maybe some other states, um, but not so much in California, especially since, you know, the eviction moratorium that Correct. we have, you know, in the last year, year and a half has been a concern for many uh, investors, especially for individual uh, mom and pop investors. So, Despite the fact that yes, this year we we actually saw that share of investors actually jumped a little bit from seven ish percent to nine and a half percent. That is still the lowest uh, or one of the lowest in uh, since two thousand and eight. So right. in the upcoming year, I think we will see a little bit more improvement. You know, in the economy, uh, helping the rental market a little bit that number of share of investors may improve slightly uh, but i don't think it's going to jump back you know uh, significantly like what we saw uh, in 2015 16 it's going to take time for it to adjust for
1: to rebuild yeah
0: no i i agree
1: with you and i think that you know if you think about the shape of demand and you think about it from the standpoint of the broader economy you know, I think that those kind of high income earners are the folks that are gonna to continue to do well, right? They're gonna to continue to outperform the kind of broader economy. I think you're gonna to continue to see folks in the rest of the world who are worried about their own domestic economy, uh, try and come back to, to the United States and California has always been a, a popular um, place for international investment, which has, has really kind of gone down pretty substantially. In, in this crisis, right? And I think part of it's just an access problem rather than a, a demand problem. But we did see that start to come back here in California, right? So I think we'll still see that vacation home, that luxury mm-hmm. home, that second home market. And then I think you'll still see the kind of demand from those relatively affluent first-time buyers that will you know, continue to kind of um, both propel the top end of the market and just lead to overall price growth for the state.
0: Absolutely. And of course, we we probably will. California is still a very attractive place. You know, we are still going to see some foreign buyers and international buyers coming uh, to California and buying. Uh, We did see a drop, you know, in uh, 2020 and 2021. Uh, But I think we will see uh, once we started seeing a little bit more international people, uh, international traveling from people from outside of U.S., we will see a little bit more international travelers or international buyers uh, in the upcoming year. But I wouldn't expect it to jump. Uh, part of the reason is because uh, they tend to buy uh, homes with uh, cash, and mm. um, for, with the market still uh, being financed with uh, uh, mostly, uh, most most of the buyers financing their properties. And, you know, rates at a a very, very record low right now, that actually is a benefit for many people who finance their property. And that actually gives them a a leg up in terms of advantage compared to the all cash buyers uh, of the international buyers. So I think it's still going to be very competitive uh, in in the upcoming year and international buyers will improve, but probably not as much as um, what we expect uh, and uh, what we saw in 2017 or 18 or so right yeah
1: now that's that's kind of the the good news right those all those sources of demand are going to be kind of alive and well uh what about what about the structural issues because i know you you projected a 20 percent increase in new permitting this year um but that that still leaves us even with that double digit increase Mm -hmm. about sixty thousand units short of where we need to be and i always kind of analogize the the permit stuff to like The credit card bill, right? That like the the state's estimate of 180 thousand units that they say we need to build every year. That's like the equivalent of like making the monthly interest payment on your credit card, right? Like that's just the amount you need just to tread water on housing affordability, and like that's the equivalent of what you need just to make that interest payment on your credit card bill. You, anything over 180 goes towards like chipping down at your credit card balance. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, mm-hmm. and we haven't done that except for five times in the last 35 or so years. And so there's a huge balance on that card and we're not even making the monthly payment We're you know, and again, even with a 20% increase, we're still falling, um, you know, about 60,000 units short. It, it, it's, it's gonna, reassert itself as a force in the marketplace moving forward. Am I wrong? I think we already saw yeah. that in our annual housing market survey.
0: You're absolutely right. I mean, it's just, you know, the same discussions you and I both know as an economist is the it's like the government debt versus deficit, you know, yeah. uh, discussion. Um, we still have a lot of people, a lot of um, uh, uh um, shortage in housing because because of the last twelve years, thirteen years or so, we've been debuting less than that hundred eighty thousand. 000- benchmark. And we're still not even matching that. Um, Even if, you know, for 2022, we might have slight increase of, I don't know, maybe about 10%, 15% increase, but it's that's still below that 880,000. So by the way, just, just throwing this out there that that's the state's number. I think the number is even higher.
1: If you go back and look at headship Mm -hmm. rates, um, you know, like household formation rates from an earlier time, like before 2000, it, it would suggest that 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 we need you know that
0: that's a conservative estimate of yeah, our need. it is. It is a conservative number, um, but you know even with that conservative number, conservative number, we're you know below right. that number, and so supply is really in a shortage as far as you know new buildings. But what about you know the the people who are putting their house up in the market? I mean, we are actually not seeing. We, we, we haven't seen, um, you know, uh, from the active listings, a significant increase in active listings. And partly yeah. that's because of, you know, the boomers um, who are usually, many of the boomers are homeowners and they tend to stay a little longer in their house yeah. um, as they move to that stage of their life. And so that's why a lot of homes are being held on to, you know, by homeowners. And, uh, you know, we have to rely on new buildings. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just not happening very fast right now. And then, you know, next year or so, so that supply challenges is going to you know lead to continue to have, you know, uh, uh, continue to cut back on some of the demand, but at the same time, it also put upward pressure on prices, which means, you know, the affordability is also could be an issue. And that's what we call that,
1: that vicious cycle. And, and here's where the rubber meets the road on this, right? Because when we did our, our annual housing market survey this year we saw that that kind of structural challenge that we've had you know a long-standing trend where more people have been moving out of California where people have been unable to afford housing in the kind of places where they work and they're commuting from places like the Bay Area to places like you know the out outlying areas of of the east bay or even sacramento and same thing in southern california you see people moving from la and orange county to the inland empire and unfortunately those trends have only been accelerated as a result of this crisis. You know, the percentage of sellers who sell a home and then left California completely. In our annual housing market survey, that number has been going up for about a decade. But what happened in 2021 was that it went up even faster, right? It went up at a faster pace. So 35% of sellers uh actually sold a home and then moved out of california right they either went and moved to texas or moved next to their grandkids or did you know something like that and and that i think is is something that we can expect to continue as well right that that the supply chickens are coming home to roost on us
0: yeah i mean there are a few variables that get contributed to the increase in people moving out of california now of course the uh, remote uh, working policies right. that people are adopting. You know, some of the employees or workers uh, feel like, okay, well, I can actually move to another state and still work, you know, in California. Um, that's one thing. The, the other thing that we mentioned earlier is maybe more people are retiring. They're moving right. to another state. And the third thing, of course, is the uh, structural challenges that we just mentioned. Affordability, you know, the uh, higher housing. Now, all, all of these actually happened last year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like in 2020 and 21. So, you know, all these variables probably contributed to the out of uh, people moving out of California yeah. at the same time, you know, we also noticed that people don't necessarily need to stay in the same County. You know, they can actually move to a, a further County. Like, you know, if people work in LA, they could live in Riverside San Bernardino yeah. because so they don't get a need cabin in Big worry. Bear. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or yeah. And that, uh, because they are not, they don't need to worry as much as before about commute. Right. Absolutely. And and I think that that is, again, a a symptom of
1: this remote work, which we expect at least at some level will be persistent into Mm -hmm. into the future. And so, you know, again, that's why we're we're optimistic when you think about the kind of broader economy that, you know, yes, there's going to be more jobs. There's going to be less people dying of covid. There's going to be more people out spending money at stores and at bars and going out to eat at restaurants and taking their families on vacation again, right? And yes, there's still that kind of passion for home ownership that's alive and well, but you know, we we still have to and I think probably even more urgently now address some of those structural challenges because mm-hmm. they they've always been uh holding back California's housing market for the better part of the last decade, right? That's why we uh, haven't been able to get up above, you know, 400 420,000 sales, why housing affordability, even with the lowest rates in recorded history um, declines, right? That, that, and so, you know, yes, yes, that, that kind of broader economic tide is rising. um, But no, you can't just phone in 2022. Because I think, you know, especially from the standpoint of of being an individual realtor, that there's, you know, there's more than 200,000 agents out there fighting over roughly 420,000 home sales and so not everybody's mm-hmm. going to get 10 sides and so you know regardless of whether we're in a good market or a bad market Realtors need to always have their foot on the accelerator, Absolutely. and be very proactive about dealing with clients. I think if they do that, though, then they do have a, a kind of optimistic backdrop on, upon which to to plan. And so, um, you know, we're we're still optimistic, although just keeping it very real with you about the challenges too. So, uh, what did we miss, Oscar? We we had good numbers in September. We have good news about what we think is going to happen in twenty twenty two. Is there anything else we need to say?
0: I think we covered everything. I mean, we have a very good. Uh, some of the good analysis, or maybe a, a, a brief um, uh, coverage of what you talked about during the forecast. Yeah. Uh, I want to reiterate, you know, that there were a few sessions uh, that happened at REI that give that can give you know our members a lot of good information. You know, the econ panel, as I mentioned earlier, so definitely check that out, and uh, you will find a lot more information uh, in and or uh, uh, information in addition to what we just discussed, uh, and um, of course. We will continue to cover our housing market, uh, and uh, for the rest of the year. And of course, in a couple of weeks or so, we'll have another new episode. Absolutely, yeah. As we find out more stuff, then you will
1: find out as well. And there is uh, a lot. You know, it's obviously good. Shameless self-promotion for <laughs> us, but I honestly think that you'll get a lot of value out of out of all those gory details because we had uh, economists from all different walks of the real estate industry there to talk about us and, and lots more details. So hopefully you find that valuable, but uh, we will keep our fingers on the pulse of the market so that you don't have to, and we will be back with you very soon. Thanks so much.
0: Have a good one.